Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Sports Ethos Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Robert Sills. You can follow us at Ethos Chargers. You can follow me at rslosi on Twitter. Thank you all for joining me for another episode of the show. Not much to discuss Chargers-wise this week. They didn't really do a ton of major moves in free agency. I'm going to talk about why that makes sense. And, I, you know, we'll go through some other free agency moves around the league. Some other interesting topics and discussion points around the league is free agency was meaningful to a lot of other NFL teams minus the Chargers. And and we'll start with why that was. And I think, simply put, there, there, there were there's one specific reason. And that is uh, Justin Herbert's contract. Look, they're going to have to pay him upwards of $45 million a year. Um, they they weren't going to go out and spend a bunch of money in free agency. I mean, hell, they weren't even wanting to spend on Austin Eckler, which we talked about last week, right? They, they're not going to spend... If they're not going to spend 20 mil on a running back, a, a pretty good running back for them, all things considered... And they're not going to go out in free agency and spend a boatload of money elsewhere. What what do we expect? You know, what do we look at? And Daniel Potter of of the Athletic reported that the deal is going to get done this offseason. season. you could start at fifty million average, fifty million, a total value of half a billion dollars. Look, if they want to get this deal done this year, they're not going to spend in this free agency, and that's exactly what they did. They just said, "Hey, look." We're not going to spend it. We don't want to spend it. There's no need to spend it. We'd rather spend it on Herbert and make sure we get the deal done that needs to get done, which is Herbert. The rest of their roster is fine. And honestly, a bigger omission from this free agency that I think is important is that their admission is that, hey, the roster's fine. The roster is still there and can still be competitive for a Super Bowl. They don't need to make crazy moves they just restructured Keenan Allen restructure Mike Williams get rid of Austin Eckler you have Joshua Kelly there that can take that RB1 role which we talked about last week they they didn't have to do a lot and their admission is hey look this roster's fine we just have to do better as a coaching staff and that's why you bring in Kellen Moore they, they have you know with Brandon Staley he's a defensive coach their defense is fine they brought in Eric Kendricks Great. He'll help their linebacking core out a lot. Asante Samuel Jr. is going to continue to grow. Derwin James is here. They're going to need help at safety after the unfortunate retirement of Nasir Adderley, which we'll talk about. Bring back J.K. Scott, great punter. You know, like, their their admission this offseason is that this roster is fine. Cameron Dicker at kicker as well. Their admission this offseason is, hey, we want to pay Justin Herbert. This, This roster is fine. This roster's competitive in a division that's getting weaker, minus Kansas City. Hell, look, the Raiders picked up Garoppolo. If you're the Chargers, you're sitting there going, okay. Okay, it doesn't move the needle like a like last offseason when you brought in Devontae Adams. It doesn't move the needle whatsoever. Um, You know... The Chiefs moved the needle with their offensive line moves, but that was to, that's always expected for them. They're used to that. And then, and then the Broncos—they've spent a lot of money on linemen. I, I don't. I, I think 
Sean Payton is just trying to prove that it's his roster, I guess. Doesn't really do anything if Russell Wilson doesn't improve, and we're not sure if he's even going to improve, if at all. You know, if you're the Chargers, you're sitting here going, okay, we expected the Chiefs to make some good moves and make solid moves. You know, they even picked up Drew Tranquil of the Chargers, part-time player for the Chargers, good move by the Chiefs. They picked up Jawan Taylor, right? The Chiefs made moves that I think the Chargers were expecting them to make. Cool. They were, the Chargers were in conversations for Dalton Schultz, but they brought back Parham, which I think is a better move because I think Parham fits their offense and they're comfortable with him. And Parham's a way better player than people give him credit for. He's a really good tight end, especially in the part-time role that he plays. That's great. J.K. Scott coming back two years, $4 million. Look, punters and kickers are nothing to laugh at. It's a great move. I, they made simple moves that made sense. Now, the one thing that, you know, comes into question is Bobby Wagner. They were talking to Bobby Wagner. I don't know what that really means necessarily because I feel like they could still use linebacker depth even with bringing in Eric Kendricks. He could be that guy staying in LA, bring another guy that you could potentially, you know, use in sets, use as that kind of central piece. That that central piece, you know, has always been Joey Bosa, but you want that linebacker that knows coverages, understands systems. I think he's someone that could really help the Chargers out. The Cowboys also called him. Eric Kendricks can fill that role just fine. I think Bobby Wagner on a lesser deal. There, There is potential there uh, for sure. But, you know, who knows? John Johnson, they're interested in. The, the Browns decided to cut him earlier this week. I think the surprise to many, he's a really good, he's a really good safety uh, with, again, with Adderley deciding to retire. I think he's probably a better option than Adderley. I think even though Adderley was a free agent, they could have went after him. I think they definitely were going to pursue John Johnson, no matter what Adderley's intentions were going to be. I really like that move for the Chargers, especially on a short-term contract. There's really good potential for him to actually improve as a player under that defensive system. But again, these moves aren't huge. And they're not intended to be huge because the roster's fine. The roster's completely, completely okay. And moving forward, that's a positive, right? It's a positive when you're an NFL team that says, hey, our roster's fine. We're getting ready to pay our quarterback. Our roster's okay. We know we can win a Super Bowl with this roster. That now we have to figure out the coaching staff. And that's where Kellen Moore comes in. That's where all, all these other pieces come in. We got to figure out this clock management aspect. We just have to improve incrementally as a roster throughout training camp, throughout preseason, and and be ready for the regular season without having to make too many moves. And that to me is not a bad thing because I think it's also an admission for Brandon Staley to go, "Hey, last year was my fault as a coach." Yeah, our players struggled at times or whatever, but I struggled as a coach. I struggled as a coach to understand what to do with this offense and with this receiving core, especially with our receivers getting injured and Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. I struggled to do clock management. It's an admission that 
this team doesn't need necessarily to get better from a roster perspective. It needs to get better from a coaching perspective while on top of getting ready for that massive Justin Herbert deal. It's not necessarily an admission of guilt. It's an acceptance of improvement. And that, I think, is what this free agency for the Chargers was. It was the coaching staff saying, hey, we need to improve, not necessarily just the roster. Eric Hendricks, again, solid signing, can help this roster from another time. Totally, totally fine move. Completely happy with it. Uh, Nasir Adderley announcing his retirement on an Instagram post after four seasons. Here's what he wrote. Over the past couple of years, I've denied this realization, but I'm finally going to put myself first for once. My health is above everything, and everyone knows that. Um, this was mostly a mental health, I think even physical health, uh, focus Instagram post for him. That's one part of his post there. It's sad because I think at 25, he... He was slightly, he was slowly, not even slightly, he was slowly improving. Very excited for him coming out of the draft. Um, it, it It's disappointing to see players like that. Hey, look, it happens to every roster. But it's disappointing with a guy as young as 25 years of age who still has room to grow, can still be a very good signing for the Chargers or anyone else in the league, and deciding that, hey, look, it's time to hang it up. There's there's better things for me to do. It happens to so many players uh, it's that happened to this kid who had, I think, still a lot of potential in this league. Um, here's what it said in Road of World in terms of, uh, in terms of his statistical, uh, outline. Started 44 games for the Chargers over the last three seasons. 232 tackles, three interceptions, breaking up 12 passes. Still pretty solid. I think he had a bright future ahead of him. Uh, but he decided that his future is now officially off the field. Good luck to him moving forward. Um, again, this is why John Johnson makes sense for the Chargers. They'll need safety help um, with Adderley being gone. Um, but good luck to him in the rest of his life. He has a lot of potential in anything he ends up doing. It's still quite sad, again, to see players like that uh, move on and go. But as it stands, um, you know, good luck to him. And I think the Chargers kind of feel the same way as an organization. and are now looking uh, to move on um, as we move forward here. All right, let's talk about some of these other kind of big moves in the league. Um, Detroit, to me, had a fantastic free agency. Fantastic. Um, I I love what Detroit did. And I know it doesn't scare all of us, uh, you know, Chargers People or Chargers fans, people focus on Chargers like myself. It doesn't necessarily freak us out, but it's it's interesting what they have done. And as it stands for the NFC side of the ball or the NFC side of the coin, what the what the Lions did is what you're supposed to do in free agency. You're supposed to come in, make moves, use your coach as being like, hey, this is a head coach that cares about his players that cares about his roster it's it's an exciting roster and i think even though this is a charter show we should point out a lot of the other like really exciting rosters across the nfl and detroit is one of them three years 18 million of david montgomery great signing finally got that got back a two two running back tatum even after losing jamal williams uh, brought back Alan Sanzaloni. As we talk about the linebacking core with even the Chargers, 
Sometimes it's about having veterans that understand the system. We're talking about Bobby Wagner can be that. Alex Anzalone has been that, obviously, to a much lesser degree in terms of talent. But Alex Anzalone has been that in Detroit system for so long. They bring in C.J. Gardner-Johnson, one-year, $8 million. You know, this is something, too, when you look at the Chargers roster, corner, corner is still something that you could talk about. And thinking about C.J., right, C.J. Gardner-Johnson and, and that move for Detroit, it's really weird that other teams just didn't really want to call him. It's it, it, not only him, and we'll get to the other player I thought the other teams should have called, um, should have called their agents, should have called them. Uh, but if you think about this this Chargers linebacking core, Asante Samuel, Bryce Callahan, J.C. Jackson, off and on injured, wasn't that impressive last year. C.J. at $8 million, I mean, I'm not just thinking about this for the Chargers, but for a lot of other teams in the league, it's a that's a pretty good contract that doesn't really affect your cap, even on a short-term level. Um, and CJ Garner Johnson listed as a corner slash safety. Here's a guy you could have put in at corner or excuse me, could have put in at safety uh, to replace Nasir Adderley. It would have been much, much better at, at $8 million. It, it, it's really interesting that the lions were the only team I think, at least from what I could tell, the only team that really had interest and the interest was so low that he was forced to take a one-year deal. It was that low? It's just weird to me. It's it's weird. We always have these players every year that their interest across the league should be higher than it actually is. And you sit there and you look at the deal and go, okay, one-year, eight million. Look at even where the Chargers depth chart is and go, that could have really fit. That could have fit at safety. How that could have fit at corner. It's a great move by the Lions because of that. Here's a guy that doesn't get paid a lot that's going to provide so much more production and value. This is a team-friendly and even, quote-unquote, team-successful deal than or that you can imagine in free agency. And, and, and look who got it, the Detroit Lions with the great coaching staff. Um, and a team that's looking to absolutely uproot the NFC by getting so much better for instance. They bring in Cameron Sutton um, as well, which I really, really love that move on day one. Just just incredible that they were able to make the moves that they did make um, with with just not a lot of money spent. They, they won for instance because they didn't spend a ton, a ton of money. And they were super successful doing it at the same time. Um, Really, really love what the Lions did. But I am surprised that a team like the Chargers didn't end up calling C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Just even considering the fact that the money was never really as high as I think we expected it to be. Or never really as, um, you know, solely focused um, on a long-term deal. Um, than we were expecting, which I think we were expecting a much longer term, a much more uh, player centric three year, four year deal uh, for CJ Gardner Johnson. That did not end up happening. And I think a lot of other teams look at that and go, yeah, we should have pursued him a lot more. And I think the Chargers were one of those teams. Adam Thielen, a three year deal with the Carolina Panthers. I want to see what this, what the money was on this because. 
three years. Uh, uh, here's my second guy that I was kind of surprised teams didn't really call. He only visited the Panthers last week. That's literally all he did. Uh, three years, twenty-five million. I don't know if I don't I don't know if the Chargers could afford that. But three years, twenty-five million for for a guy who the last two years just wasn't productive because his receiving core because or not even just his receiving core, but his quarterback just didn't get him the ball. And now he goes in a situation where he's probably the number one receiver and, or at least a high end number two, like, okay. Like, you know, and, and you, and I don't know if Chargers could afford that. I don't think they probably could, but a lot of teams maybe look at that contract and go, he's a, he'll be a good wide receiver three on a lot of rosters. And he ends up going to Carolina and, and Carolina seems to be the only team interested. I, I'm surprised by that. I'm genuinely surprised that this kind of deal was made because no other team was willing to talk to their agents. No other team was willing to have any sort of discussion. Now, this isn't as egregious, I think, as CJ's is, but I think it's fascinating, not just for the Chargers, but every other team in the league, just not looking at some of these guys that are proven commodities, proven talents that aren't necessarily fully getting paid what they're worth. I think Adam Phelan and CJ Gardner-Johnson were those two guys. If we look at where the AFC is now as a whole, it's really interesting, right? Because the AFC, I think, is at a place where this is just a quarterback run division. I'm, I'm going to pull up everyone here in, in this conference and just talk about all these just nutty quarterbacks in this division. Um, Buffalo, you got Josh Allen, Miami, Tua. Tua still their quarterback. I'm worried about the injury, but he's still their quarterback. The Jets, let's say they have Aaron Rodgers. It's Sunday night here on the West Coast. The deal hasn't been made. It should be made any day now. The Bengals, they got better bringing in Orlando Brown Jr. help on the offensive line, just like Kansas City uh, did earlier in free agency. Joe Burrow, Baltimore Ravens, they still, for the time being, have Lamar Jackson. We'll see how that evolves and changes over the coming days. Um, But for now, he is penciled in as their starter for 2023. Uh... Sean Watts, I'm not really going to add to this list right now. Um, you have, uh, let's see, ja- you have the Jaguars with Trevor Lawrence. Played an MVP level campaign during the second half of the year. The Colts are going to get a young quarterback. Houston's going to get a young quarterback. Uh, I just, man, and then and you look at our division, the AFC West, right? You got Patrick Mahomes. You got... You got Justin Herbert, who we're, we're talking about the contract. You have Russell Wilson. You have Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, this conference is filled with good quarterbacks, and this conference is going to get better and better at quarterback as we move forward. There's just so many fun quarterback storylines, even with Mac Jones. We'll see what he does there in New England if he'll be the full-time starter there. Uh, the Steelers with 
their young quarterback crew and, and building up that roster and building up what they've been doing. Um, and they, they were really impressive, you know, throughout the early part of the year and or throughout the later part of the year at quarterback. And some reason I am forgetting the name of our young QB uh, in Pittsburgh. Um, why am I forgetting his name? What is up? Um, but but uh, either way, I think that oh, Kenny Pickett, Kenny Pickett. Why am I forgetting this guy's name? He he's literally become an absolute legend with the Steelers. I'll talk about the Steelers really quick too. Um, you know, I, I I liked Kenny Pickett the second half of the year. I really did. I, I really, really did. And he was extremely fun at the end of the year. He fits what Mike Tomlin does so, so well. And I think he'll continue to improve. Of course, you know, the running game was left to be desired a lot last year in Pittsburgh. They just didn't have the running in that they had in years past. Uh, but I feel like that's going to improve. I, I genuinely don't think that Najee Harris is going to be as bad as he was last year. I, I don't think that's possible. Kenny Pickett's a really good quarterback, and I think he'll continuously improve. He's a super fun storyline uh, in our AFC conference. Sorry if I forgot Kenny Pickett's name. It's been, it's been a while since we've heard that name, week 16 or 17. Uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But again, if you look at that entire conference, the quarterbacks themselves are an interesting story line to discuss as we move forward. All right, let's see what other moves happened uh, in the AFC West as well. Let's see. So Denver picked up Jared Stidham. We'll start with Denver. Denver, Jared Stidham, two years, 10 million. Five million guaranteed. Okay, good backup. Who knows? He might even start. Samaje so Piran was one I really liked. Two years, seven point five million, one million in incentives. Very effective for Cleveland. Or no, excuse me, not Cleveland. Cincinnati. Um, at times last year, very impressive. I I really like Samaje Piran. I really like what Denver is doing with their running backs now. And then, of course, Mike McGlinchey, five years, 87.5. Zach Allen, three years, 45.75. Again, why? And then they even picked up Alex Singleton, three years, 18. Why Ben Powers, uh, offensive guard, four years, 52 million, 28.5 guaranteed. What, what, are, what, what are they exactly trying to do? And I think the ultimate answer to that, if you just look at this from – a baseline value, it's just Sean Payton saying, This isn't this is my roster. Russell Wilson, this is not your roster. This is my roster. I make the decisions in this building. And I'm gonna spend all this money to show you that I'm making these decisions. And look, I'm gonna give you linemen. I'm gonna give you Mike McGlinchey. I'm gonna give you a I guess a solid offensive guard in Ben Powers. I'm gonna give you that. And if you're not successful, we're gonna we're gonna start Jared Stidham like that right away. And part of my thing with Denver too, ultimately was that I, you could have made the argument that he was even worse than Matt Ryan. And you could have talked about Russell Wilson being in that cut territory. I don't think they want to give him up that quickly because of how much they trade 
traded that, you know, how much they traded for him, which was a high end first round pick and so much more. What What's his contract looking like right now? This is important for the Chargers, too, because th- this contract is massive and you're going to be seeing him for the next four years. If he's bad, that makes the division that much easier. The cap hit this year is $22 million, uh, the $35 million, $55 million, $58 million, $53 million, $54 million. Yikes. Yeah, I mean, look, if he's if he's bad, it helps the Chargers. But I think what Sean Payton did with this free agency uh, sector, this free agency period, was Russell. If you don't play well, I run the show and I can decide how this works. I can pick up Jared Stidham and trust him to run my offense. I giving you running back depth and Shamaje Prime to not put all the pressure on you to not put all the pressure on you to make every single throw. I'm not going to have you do that. So you have to make this work. You have to make this work or else I'm going to go a different direction and I'm not afraid to go a different direction. And I think as we go forward into the season, that's going to be the conversation we'll have even on this show with Denver looking at what their long-term future looks like in this division. Javante Williams is their starter, but P Ryan is going to be a great number two. Long term in that division, if Russell Wilson continues to be bad, it's only going to benefit the Chargers and it's going to make Sean Payton rethink the entire ethos of this job. I guess pun intended, uh, the entire ethos of this job uh, in Denver. Kansas City continues to do Kansas City things. Uh, Jawan Taylor, we talked about. Mike Edwards was a great pickup for them. One year, three million. Two to make incredible moves. Josh Jacobs has to have a long-term contract. Jacoby Myers, three years, 31. He's actually going to fit their receiving core so, 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 so well. And I think be an exciting piece for them uh, because he he was fine in New England, um, but I think he has a chance to really blossom into a good player on a Raiders scheme that is very wide receiver friendly. And will continue to be even more wide receiver friendly uh, with Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, Marcus Epps was big for them as well. Two years, $12 million. Um, So we talked about the Eric Kendricks deal. Morgan Fox comes in. Trey Pickens comes in. Ethan Stick comes in as the backup. Parham, Kendricks, uh, Morgan Fox. Not Again, the Chargers, when you look at the case of this division, and this is why we went through this division, went through Detroit as well. They didn't do a lot, and as I mentioned at the top of the show, they really didn't have to do a lot, and that ultimately, I think, when you think about the Chargers and what is the core message of this podcast, talking about the AFC, talking about the quarterbacks in this division, talking about what Detroit did in comparison to LA, the ultimate, I guess, ethos or focus of this podcast was... When you look around the rest of the league, you can say, all right, why didn't the Chargers make more moves? But then when you really boil down this roster, you boil down this group of 53 that you're going to see in week one of 2023, the Chargers are in a fine place and they're ready to win a title. And they're going to have to compete with the Chiefs for that AFC West uh, situation, AFC West title. But more long-term, when you look at the AFC, look at the quarterbacks, you look at all these things, they said, we're seeing all these moves in the AFC. 
We're seeing all the quarterback opportunity. We're seeing all the quarterback shifting. And we are comfortable, not only with our quarterback, obviously, but with our roster. And we are ready to make it as successful as possible. And that, I think, should excite Chargers fans going into the year versus discourage them, especially if they make better and better moves in the draft. All right, that's it for me today. Thank you all for listening to the Sports Ethos Chargers podcast. See you all on Twitter at Ethos Chargers for all your Chargers news and notes. And you can follow me on Twitter as well at Arcelosi. Thank you all for joining me today for a quick kind of free agency, AFC rundown, Lions rundown um, on a pretty simple free agency frenzy for the Los Angeles Chargers. Have a great rest of your day and night, everybody, and we will see you all very soon.